Yeah, let's Who do you are think we podcasting? The yeah, worst driver. Yeah, we're doing it. I have a good one. Who do you think the worst driver in the NBA would be? Oh, that's Simmons, a good because he doesn't know which which hand to steer with. Oh. I knew that's you were a, gonna have that's a, good a fair one. answer. No, that's probably not my actual like I'm trying to think. I don't I know. Think Jimmy Butler. Like a, I think Mark is smart. He drives a mi- Jimmy <laughs> Butler drives a minivan. I think Jimmy Does Butler he? is like a chaotically good driver. And I think, I think it'd be like too. Russell Westbrook is a chaotically bad driver. I feel okay. This is a weird one. Um, and that he's can I say someone that's no longer in the NBA? Sure. sure. Okay, I have a feeling that Dwayne Wade's a bad driver based on this. Um, I feel like he doesn't drive himself a lot. I feel like he usually has someone driving him places and therefore like doesn't have like the the logged hours behind the wheel based I feel on like that the goes time for most and yeah, no, 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 you but, think this is this, a Dwayne Wade specific thing this is exclusively based on when someone asked him how much he thought a gallon of milk cost and he said like $15 like you can have someone drive you around and like still be like in touch with the world but I feel like he's real I probably froze I think Uh-oh. but I feel like Wi-Fi he's out. like like well, not yeah. knowing that Don't. Wi-Fi. Mm, sad. Wow. Hold on. Let me put my hotspot on. Maybe that'll work. But anyways, my point yeah, was that like, like fuck. Of that. I'm sure everything was intelligent. Yeah. It probably wasn't. Um, no, but I feel like if you're that out of touch, you it's you're it's probably worse than it is with like other people that are, get driven around. I think Chris Paul has to be the best driver in the NBA because of all. Hundred percent. <laughs> State oh, Farm. State yeah. Farm. <laughs> Who has Allstate? I don't think uh, anybody has Allstate. Are you in good hands? Who would who would embody that slogan? Are you in good hands? Jake from State Farm. Robin Lopez. Oh. I don't know why that's the first name that came up. <laughs> are so, you in good things hands? are off yeah, to a great up. start on Rev. this episode. Raring start. This is Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. That makes no sense. You can be funny and not be offensive. The same way this is your workspace, this is my workspace too. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. You'll be a little smarter, and we'll be a little smarter, and it will be great. I was close to being right. You know what's interesting? If you don't agree with this, then just turn us off. Turn us off. Ooh, all right, on that note, we're throwing down. One. Hey guys, it's Jess, and I'm here with Lily, Sam, and Will, and we are going to throw down some knowledge on you guys for the nba playoffs and let's do it here we go let's do it let's no more procrastinating guys no more procrastinating i have a super important question for you guys yes hit me who is your favorite team to watch the season sam we already know is the next go how did you how could you possibly how? have done just well, how would one how would one have guessed well i mean in terms of total like basketball style, I'm sure there were other teams out there, but obviously no no team bought me joy and maybe like overall joy because they were one of like the only good stories from this year. The fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, New York Knicks, led by the fabulous RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. They have completely turned everything about the franchise around and I could not be happier with 
what they are doing. Other teams have had kind of tough years with injuries, with being disappointing. Uh, and the Knicks had very much a perfect storm. They got very fortunate with not having many guys injured and not having to have like a lot of their players out because of safety protocol uh, issues. But they have just had an absolute dream season that literally nobody thought possible. So shout out to all the Knicks players, Tom Thibodeau leading the squad. Now we got a first round matchup with home court advantage. I cannot believe it. And I cannot wait. How much are those tickets selling for? Does anyone know? I saw a a thousand. I saw a thousand for the hundred levels. 1200 is what I saw. Someone I think sent a uh, screenshot of uh, SeatGeek or something, but yeah, no lesson. So many trust funds are being emptied out for those. (laughs) Yeah. Dozens um, upon dozens, and that's just sne- on one. That's just on Fifty Fourth Street. You think yeah. the sneakers app <laughs> is bad with like people not being able to get stuff? Try like trying to get Knicks playoff tickets. Like My best God. of luck and better luck than that because you probably will not get it if you can it's even. Probably not going to work out. Um, I saw, I saw two people tweet today that they got tickets for the Suns first round game for I game saw one, one of the first round, and that was two more than New York Knicks tickets because. Nobody can one afford the tickets. No, nobody two can buy the tickets because number one, they're too expensive. Number two, they're in pretty high demand. Or maybe I just don't follow enough Knicks fans, but that's a possibility. The fact that I follow more Phoenix Suns fans than Knicks fans, though, is highly unlikely. I mean, who isn't a Suns fan nowadays? Um, I mean, that's fair. Okay, <laughs> but do you think that the the Knicks season is this fun or exciting? If we thought like the part, everyone said this, but like part of the fun is that like. Who saw this coming? Like it wasn't, this wasn't, wasn't supposed to be like this. Um, if it was supposed to be like this, are we still enjoying it as much? Yes. I don't want to, I don't want to be a well, downer, yeah. but I'd say no. I was gonna, like if, you're saying, I, I, if, they, if they made this jump last year and they had like, I, I know, let's imagine they have like a similar good season next year. If the timeline got moved back and they had like a good season the last two years, I think this still would have been like very enjoyable given the awful history of the Knicks. Yeah. No, but I I guess the way I see it, and maybe I'm just like too storyline obsessed to, to ever truly like anything. But I think if we go into the season being like the Knicks are really going to take off this year, it's still super fun. Yeah. But isn't it a little more fun? Because we're like, what the fuck is going Absolutely on? Absolutely <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah not even knowing what to get into. You're and just like, what's going to happen? More, it's even more fun that they're not the seven seed or the eight seed are just fighting for a oh plan. Yeah, like, they're yeah, fucking four yeah, seed. We'd, we'd get behind that if they were in yeah, and it would the be Hornets great. position. Like if they were the 10 seed, everybody in the world would be like, okay, come on, Knicks, mm-hmm. like make it to the playoffs. You've had a good season by your standards. You know, everybody thought we were going to, you're going to win 20 games, even in the shortened season. And that's going to be a, you know, another lottery pick that goes sideways and it's going to suck all this stuff. But if they, so if they were the 10 seed, you'd rally yeah. behind them and be like, all right, come on, fight, fight, get the eight seed nobody's doing that because they're the four seed and nobody expected them to even make the playoffs, let alone be the four seed. So of course it'd still be fun if the Knicks, you know, we expected them to be a four seed because you just, when the Knicks are good, the NBA is better off. That's just, you know, how history works in modern day. But at the same time, it's, it's better that they're the four seed. Nobody saw that coming. I think Lily, to your question, I think it makes it more beautiful yeah because nobody saw it coming so like halfway through the season you're like is this really happening like this is cool but is this really happening 
And then like, it was about like a month ago when I was like, oh, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. This is really happening. Um, When did, I'll, I'll throw this one to Sam just to kind of like stay on the next train. When did you know that this was, di- this is this one was going to be different? I he's think, really he's really changed this like, time. Well, they started off having like a losing record sort of in the beginning of the season. And I guess like at a, a midway point, there wasn't I don't even know if there was like one game or one real thing that was like, okay, the Knicks might actually do something. Mm-hmm. But it was this kind of midpoint to the season where people realized like, hey, they're still like in the playoff race. So maybe the one thing that made <laughs> it so weird. was the ninth the nine game winning streak because mm-hmm. everyone was like losing their mind. They had suffered like two back-to-back close losses and people were like oh like we don't know like and their schedule was harder in the second half of the season than the first and then we go on this nine game win streak and everyone's like losing their minds and like a bunch of those wins were in overtime too so it was just insane I think by the end of that it not only solidified them I mean not not solidified making them the fourth seed because they had to fight until the last game but it put them in such a good like place standings wise that people were like holy like holy crap like we went into the um the all-star break fourth seed, but we lost it like, you know, really quickly. Um, and then they had that night game win streak and they ended up in the fourth seed. So I don't know if there's one moment, I guess it was building up into that win streak and people were already like confident. And then that win streak just threw people over the moon and like the confidence and the love that there was already building for this team. Mm-hmm. I think that, me and Sam, and actually all four of us could really talk about the Knicks for like an entire podcast episode, but I do kind of want to switch focus a little bit into the playoff uh, matchups and what we have coming up. So play in game tournament. Let's talk about it. How do we, we feel about it? Can we talk about the play in tournament from the perspective of like, what the fuck is LeBron talking about? Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I wanted to segue like, into. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like, there's the like we let's talk about the play in tournament, but like, no bef- bullshit. Just before today. we do, yeah, just before we do that, like, I love, I really, really like LeBron. I didn't used to. I used to. Yeah, I couldn't fucking stand him. I really, really like him now. I think he's a. He, first of all, he was always a f- phenomenal basketball player. I think he's a really great dude. And I say this with the utmost respect. Stop. You don't like. I don't know why you're out here like calling someone someone that probably makes a lot less money than you do to be fired enough like you don't like the play-in tournament out of the possibility that you're going to have to play in it and, and he is going to play in it now that you know yeah now he's gonna have to play in it and he's gonna lose to the mvp <laughs> the mvp um and i just think that's it's also one thing of like have your opinion on things but have an opinion on things and maybe like acknowledge the fact that it completely contradicts your opinion from whatever, 10 months ago. And it's just, it just feels very, I don't know why it bothers me because it doesn't matter, but I guess it just feels very like disingenuous and it just feels very like I'm not getting what I want. So I'm going to make a big deal about it. It's contradictory in its complete, like it just doesn't make sense because there's, actual proof on the internet you know how everyone says like watch what you put on the internet because it's gonna come back to bite you in the butt (laughs) well that is the one time the boomers are right (laughs) i'll tell you that because it does because it's the proof is right there it's very easy to find things back on the internet and that's what happened so uh, i just didn't care for it i think you are absolutely i want to be very clear you should 
are allowed to change your opinion. We all are allowed to change our opinion once we're presented with more information. But in changing our opinion, maybe let's not like come for people's jobs. Like that just feels like, hey, I did some more research and I actually don't think the play-in tournament's a great idea. I know I said it, I said it was a good idea, but whoever did this, fuck their job. Like, come on, dude, just just have your opinion and just express it in a normal fucking way. I'm gonna stop swearing. I think I have to stop doing that so much. I mean, you do have the expletive, um, you know, mark on the podcast. So it's true. That's true. We do. You're approved. Um, No, I think, I mean, I'm kind of going to echo your guys' opinions. I I think it's a phenomenal idea. Um, And you'll, I think the, the only idea that uh, the only way that people have gotten pissed about it is if they're, if they were getting close to being in it, like you notice that now that, Luka Doncic and Mark Cuban and the Mavericks are the fifth seed. They haven't said a peep about it, but when they were like teetering around the sixth or seventh seed, it was the dumbest idea in the world. And it didn't make any sense, even though it was a unanimous vote at the beginning or over the off season for it to happen. And then LeBron is getting into the six and seven range and whoever came up with that shit needs to be fired. You'll notice that nobody in the East got pissy, namely the Celtics, even though they were in the play-in tournament pretty much from the all-star break on, they were teetering around that point. I mean, but it gives the end of the season like stakes for multiple teams that otherwise wouldn't be there. And that's a very general thing to say, but obviously that is what the plan was designed for is to one, give teams more of a chance and two, to make the end of the season, not so much a tank of Palooza for every single team that isn't near the playoffs. So like Charlotte, Washington, Indiana, they had to continue to actually win and fight to win and not rest their guys down the stretch in order to keep their position in the playing tournament. Like, think about it. There was, a, there was a point a week ago that if Washington had lost out and Chicago had somehow won out, Chicago would have made the play-in tournament over the Washington Wizards. No one wants to see that for obvious reasons, but that's why Washington kept winning. That's why Russell Westbrook kept putting up the insane numbers that he did. That's why Bradley Beal, he came out today and said that it was, it was hard-headed for him to play in the last game of the season, which it was, but that's why he plays that game because he wants to ensure that his team can be put in the best possible position to win in the play-in because he knows he's going to be in that. I mean, think about it. A lot of people think that the Wizards are going to beat the Celtics, including myself, and they would otherwise not be in that position had these players not actually gone out there that not that Scott Brooks is not playing his starters, that Russell Westbrook isn't going absolutely bananas for the final four months or three months of the season. Like it gives these teams a fighting chance. Would we rather do, would we really rather see seven teams per conference do what the Thunder were doing this season, throwing Moses Brown Jr. and Poku out there with straight bases on and being like, Hey guys, go, you know, do whatever the hell you have to do to get the number one pick. Go have no, fun. those, Go have those fun. kind of teams have their own individual fleeting charm to them, but I don't want 14 total teams across the NBA out of 30 doing that. If these, there's even a remote possibility that three or four of them can actually make it to the playoffs, AKA the plan and be part of the postseason in some form or fashion. It's just, it, it works. It's a great idea. And, and I think- for LeBron to say that anybody for LeBron and this is old news, obviously, and we don't need to rehash this, but for somebody to say whoever came up with that shit needs to be fired. It's just you, you, at that point, you're just whining. You just, you Get just sound it. silly. You sound silly. You sound silly. And I think the I athletes always, not always, but will often do the thing of like, well, like journalists and the media, they don't get how it feels. Like they don't get what it's like. Yeah, I don't. I've never played in the no, NBA. I've never played I in don't. the playing tournament, but I have been disappointed before. So I get that. <laughs> and that like, yeah, if you're the seventh or eighth seed and you're like, 
not that great. Like you're a close seventh or eighth seed. It sucks that you are like, oh, now we have to play to get in the spot that two years ago we'd already have the spot. That's a bummer. But be better at basketball. Like that's my solution. That that is my genuine solution for you. I know it's not it's not very kind, but that's just it. If you're pissed about it, then go win the fucking game. And really, first to Will's point about the Thunder, letting Alexei Pokusevsky do whatever he wants is great basketball. You won't tell. Oh me no, it's great. It's great. We should, we should do that all the time. But that's a, that's a very specific. Let me just be clear. I love Poku, and I, I wish him all the best. Even though, despite his best efforts, he literally averaged yes. seven points. No, he is a bad basketball player. But he's one of the most. He's not a good basketball player. For the Thunder, great. And I love yes. Poku. Poku land, rise up. I will enter your gates at any time if I am welcome. But As will I. I don't want every other team doing that. Like, I just I just don't. Like, Justin James the other night had 31 points, I think, for the Sacramento Kings in a, in a useless, wasteful game. He went off. Have you ever heard of Justin James before? I mean, you know, if you follow the NBA, you probably have. But <laughs> if you have not, I understand because he doesn't get off the end of the bench for the Sacramento Kings. If they decided, I mean, before the end of the season when Halliburton and Fox and everybody with any sort of name recognition went down with an injury or they just started to sit them, if, if Justin James was playing regular season games that quote-unquote could have mattered, I mean, that you're, at that point, it's just pointless. It's pointless. Play hard, go out and win, try to win, get to the 10th seed, and it's more fun for everybody. And yeah. one more thing about this too, like the the challenge of like winning in the plane is overblown. You have to win one game. Yeah, I know. Against it's the so like a yeah. basketball team, it's one game, and like if you don't win that game, you get another shot to win a game against a worse as the, team. As the <laughs> like seven or eight seed, we yes. should say. Like yeah. the Knights yeah, yeah, yeah. have to win two games, but regardless, which right. is a so really Knights, good format because it, yeah, it yeah, accurately great. awards the the people that in theory would have already been in. Exactly. But exactly. you're still like, okay, you made it, but let's just make sure, let's make sure that you should really be here before we just start fucking throwing people into the playoffs. Right. Because, like, let's be honest. The Lakers, they're in the play-in because periodically they were unhealthy. Yes. Their three best players, LeBron, AD, I mean, arguably the three best players, at least this season. LeBron, AD are definitely the best players. Dennis Schroeder was phenomenal for the entire season. So those guys have been out, in and out at least, for the last half of the season at, at the very least, I mean, AD was a shell of himself for a long time this season, pretty much the entire season and LeBron's out. So the only reason they're in the play in is because they were unhealthy, which I would say now that they are quote unquote healthy, and we can probably get to this a little later on because I have some thoughts, but you know, now that they're quote unquote healthy, they should be rewarded if they win the first game. Like if they're the seventh seed, if you win the first game, you should, as the seventh seed, be in the playoffs. There, there is, there should not be an alternative, you know, way to get in as the seventh seed. You shouldn't have to win two games if you're the seventh seed. It's just that simple. I also think, and this goes back to the whining point that Will had made, and it's brought up after you just said, you know, they were unhealthy. It shouldn't. This is basketball. It's it's a sport. It's a right. slightly less physical sport compared to a bunch of other sports across the board, but it's still a physical sport. Shit and happens. Exactly. It shouldn't be shocking to LeBron James that your team is not doing great because your star players are out from an injury. Nonetheless, it's an injury. It happens. It's time to move on. No. And then I, cause I think, yeah, I think you're right. And that's why it, making the playoffs oftentimes comes down to numbers. And if your numbers are 
if we were grading on a curve, let's say that the Lakers would have a better record because a lot of their, their short fallings this season were because of injuries, but on the, on the converse of that, take a team like the Celtics who has been able to scrape by they're a team. And I love the Celtics and I have for my entire life thus far, but they're a team that I'm like, if we just, if we didn't have the play in, they're in the playoffs and I'm like, oh, and they're just going to roll over for four games, which that's not fun. Ba- like I don't, it's not fun to watch as a fan. It's not fun to watch as a basketball fan. It's not fun basketball to watch. So it's like, okay, you made it technically, but now let's, are you going to be able to hold your own? Which that's obviously not proven in one or two games, but it's just a little bit more of like a, they were able to make it because they scraped by let's make it. Let's confirm that basically i also think the plan tournaments are a great way to get new storylines out there i mean it's it's going to be great to see what teams come out of the play-in tournament into the playoffs and actually go pretty far um i think well i mean we think about this we can think about this in terms of i mean obviously people have made plenty of comparisons to march madness look at the play-in games from march madness you know who played in one of those play-in games this past year ucla they went into the final four. Like they're a hell of a team, but they played in the playing tournament because their season didn't go exactly the way that they thought it was going to go. The Lakers, I don't, I'm not going to compare to UCLA because, you know, sorry, Johnny Juzang, I can't say you're akin to LeBron James <laughs> or Anthony Davis in this analogy, but say it's the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors are a team that if they had Clay Thompson, you could argue they're maybe the four or five seed in the Western Conference. And that's the more talented conference of the two in the NBA, the deeper conference in terms of, you know, talent across a roster. So you put Clay Thompson on that team, but he's not on that team, he's hurt. So that you have Steph Curry, who's having the season of his life, arguably. You have Andrew Wiggins, who's actually figuring out how to fit into that roster. Draymond Green doesn't look exactly like he's always looked, but he's still a defensive stalwart. That team wins the first game, they're the seven seed. They push the Suns to seven games or somehow win that series. I mean, that's a cool story. It's a great story. So long-term, I think it's I think it's great. And I really do think LeBron needs to reconsider the fact that his team, if they are at full strength, if they win the play-in and they go all the way to the finals and defend their title, the first seven seeds ever do that. And that is another, know, this is- little, another little bullet point on LeBron James' resume. Long and that's showbiz, baby. <laughs> and that's showbiz. Show um, so no, yeah. Stop whining. Show up and win some basketball games, bro. I know Maybe exactly. Go. go shouldn't you that. like? It's yeah. Your job. And I, I put in my notes. You, the Steph Curry thing reminded me of this. I put in my notes. This wasn't pertaining to anything. It was just on my mind that um, the way Steph Curry's been playing basketball makes me feel like it's 2016 again, and I like obsessed with like that feeling. Um, but yeah. I'll also say like. He never fell off from 2016. Like just, I know, but it's it looks like an injury yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People um, were ready to say he had lost a step in the beginning oh of the year. God. And then he just won the fucking uh, scoring title. <laughs> Way to go, guys. Way to go, People guys. Like, he was rusty after season. missing a year. This is the season that Steph Curry needs to prove if he's legit or not. It's like, oh, yeah, he didn't mm-hmm. He didn't just win his <laughs> unanimous MVP four years ago. It's huge for his legacy, man. If he doesn't put up this season, we're going to ask some questions. He's not a time champ. I sometimes I wonder what I love more watching like the NBA or like listening to people talk about the NBA. Sometimes I'm not sure 
Sometimes like they're equally as fun and not in like a really cool, like admirable way of like listening to really smart people talk about things they love. That's awesome. But people saying shit like that is just like, that is, it's like the same feeling as like watching the office for me. Like I am just like hysterical over it. Like I could watch this all day and it just makes me laugh. Um, Everyone else feels the exact same way. Just to be. Just to be clear, I can't watch Nick Wright all day, so it's not exactly. That's, that's I can't watch him for uh, five minutes, so it's like conversational. Like, you can't, you can't watch like one person. You have to watch the thing, and then you have to see what everyone else says, and that's that's where the money is. I'm just here for the comments. So, we got some games coming I'm up. Play some basketball games. We already talked about the playing tournament, which starts um, tonight, Tomorrow. Tuesday, May 18th, and. Tomorrow. Eastern Conference is all set up. The series schedule is still TBD, I believe. Um, no, it's, it's it... going to be. It's um, I believe it's six thirty. The cell no six thirty. The uh, Hornets and Pacers are playing, and nine o'clock the Celtics and Wizards are playing. Okay, so we'll start with that. What'd you say? Celtics On TNT. All right. Well, that's the plan, right? <laughs> Thanks. Yes. But the Eastern Conference and Western Conference actual games. Well, the playoffs can't be set until they start on Saturday. So that's still TBD. Correct. So let's get into it. We have number one ranked Philadelphia 76ers versus the winner of whoever loses the 7-8 game um, in the playing tournament and then the 9-10 seed winner. So... Okay, that I know really I was really advocating for the play tournament, and now my brain it like broke my brain. I'm like, okay, wait, so they they are playing. If you lose, <laughs> if you lose the seven eight game, you play yeah, the winner yeah, yeah. of the nine ten game. That, it just doesn't roll off team, the tongue well. Right. It's more than it's it's a couple commas, and then you get there. Either commas, way, maybe an M dash. And this is gonna sound super basic, but I always look at these types of things, and I think like. How could the number one seed lose to a seven or eight or nine, 10 seed? I mean, that's why I like sports because it happens. Right. So I'm going to skip that one because it's really hard to give takes next. We really don't know what's going on. (laughs) We're going to skip that one. So then we have the number two ranked Nets versus the winner of the Celtics Wizards playing game. Okay. Let's dive into that. I don't want to upset you, Jess. But the Nets are going to beat whoever wins that game. I have complete confidence in that. I also agree. And I, I know you that, hate the I Nets. Think that, I know you that hate the Nets. Series, that series goes a max, max of six games. Max. Especially, and I, I'm, I'm I think I could see the Wizards coming out on top of the Celtics and playing the Nets, but having a yeah, but I, very tough series ahead of them. I feel okay. as though like the Celtics can s- sometimes, which isn't a good real answer, sometimes like come out under pressure um, and like win the play-in game. And then I have just complete and utter confidence that they're just going to absolutely roll over in four games. Do you boys have any other opinions? I am intrigued. I mean, I, I think the Nets are going to win either series, but I would love to see them play the Wizards because I think that is yeah. just the absolute like pinnacle of basketball fireworks show. I'm thinking back to earlier in the year when I believe they scored 150 <laughs> points both in regulation. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Wizards pulled it off off of like a miraculous shot from, I think, Russ. I don't remember. It was like 
very early in the season, I think. But I would love to see that. Like, obviously, the KD. It was 149, 149, 146. That's amazing. And come on, a few games of that. Like, you can't beat that type of basketball. No, you can't. And I mean, like, regulation. Regulation game. Like, the beef between Westbrook and Durant is kind of like an old story. Like, everyone had their fun, you know, in 2017, even 2018 when he was on the, um, the Warriors. And that, that's kind of a past thing, but it's still like kind of there. And regardless, like, it'll still be super fun basketball. Like, the Celtics are at a point where, no offense, uh, Will and Lily, like, they're just hey, battering up. It's time for them have, to just I roll over and yeah. stop the so, season. Like, I. Go ahead, Tim. Especially with uh, Jalen Brown going down for the rest of the season, which really sucks. Like, I would, you know, I think there's just a great, fun series that might not go the distance of seven games, might only go five or six. I do think the the Wizards at least still one of them, and I think that series would be tremendous fun in the first round, and it would come at the cost of your Celtics losing, but it sounds like you guys would prefer that anyway. It's not necessarily that I would prefer. I definitely don't prefer that they lose because, I, I mean, this has been a conversation going on in the Celtics blog slack for over a week, like since it was pretty much sealed that they were going to make the play in. Um, well, longer than that. So, but a co- for a couple of weeks, it's been like, okay, what do we prefer? And there, there's like one camp, a smaller camp is like bench Tatum, bench smart, bench Robert Williams, bench Kemba and go into this series. Like it's just a nice test for the young guys. Basically the lineup that they threw out, against the Knicks and T-Wolves in the last two games of the season. I can't buy into that just because that feels to me like you're going to – can you imagine if you were – if in high school you're on a team or a, a, any team for that matter, your best player goes – your one of your best players goes down with an injury and then management and your coach comes in and goes, hey, guys, so since this player went down with an injury, we're going to tank the rest of the season because you guys aren't good enough to finish it out. That's just, that's a shitty feeling. And I know that that's not exactly what the conversation would be like and that we're, I'm generalizing by saying that, but at the same time, I don't think the Celtics are naive enough necessarily to believe, or at least fans, people covering the team are naive enough to believe that that team can beat the Nets or the 76ers in a seven game series at, at the longest. I I don't think people believe that, but I would much, the the trade-off between winning the play-in and getting into the playoffs and at least playing one series and giving some of the guys that may not be on the roster next season, whatever, giving them some experience, giving Tatum more playoff experience, all of these things, getting Robert Williams playoff experience. If you want him to be a part of the rotation moving forward, you know what I mean? Like the trade-off between the two separate fates, either you make the playoffs or you are maybe the 14th pick in the lottery which is a 0.1 chance at number one in a not particularly deep draft. I just don't see why that would be the preferred option. I feel like that's kind of throwing in a towel on a season that's pretty much lost, but you don't have a benefit in throwing in the towel. Am I making sense? No, you're totally making sense. And I think I didn't want to make it sound like I want them to throw in the towel. I think I'm much more pessimistic about it in that I'm like, I want you to understand the gravity of how bad you were this season, because if they like say on like some off chance, they um, make it to like the second round, then they're like, you know what? We, we came out of a shitty season and we like made it worth it, whatever. Then that is not the like to me. And again, I'm not, I'm not on the team, but I feel as though it's different when you're like, okay, we made it, we made it a decent length into the play, a decent depth into the playoff. And 
so like there's something to be said for that I don't think you are as inclined to do this kind of like self-reflection of like we need to regroup and figure out what's not working because you're like we did make it you know what I mean like we did it see look we we did something and I think if you get knocked out on the if you get knocked out of the plan then you're like okay a lot went wrong. How do we fix it? Oh, well, that's, that's you're not allowed to like, you're not allowed to like, like those big problems don't get swept under the rug as much if you, um, if you're just knocked out in the, the first round of the plan. Um, and I think there's like two, I'm a very simple, simple woman. There's, I'm a very, very, very optimistic person. There are two things in this world that I'm very pessimistic about. It is the COVID-19 pandemic. I, <laughs> view all of it as the absolute worst end of the world um in the boston celtics um i do not take any light and celebrate it i am just like oh yeah it'll probably get ruined in a couple weeks so that's where i'm at with it there's been nothing about this season not many things at the very least that are worth celebrating with the celtics and i'll end on this point i think that there is a big there's this discrepancy or this misunderstanding that NBA players view various fates or varying fates as like, okay, well, we made it this far. Or coaches are like, yeah, well, we made it. Like if the Celtics somehow got to the second round, beat the Nets, beat the 76ers and got to the second round by, you know, the seat of their pants. They're not, if they lost in the second round, they wouldn't be like, oh, I'm really happy we got this far. We we were underachieved all season. And look at us, this scrappy little butt. The Celtics are not as good as I think everybody thought they they were. Kemba well, Walker worse. is not the well, but d- they didn't nothing not that much turned over from last season to yeah, this I season. Yeah, that's why I can't I can never figure out what Gordon happened. Hayward. Gordon Hayward has he was productive in Boston and he's been better in Charlotte and he can't play in the play-in game because of his injury. So that's that's what you lost. You you traded away Daniel Tice, which was shooting yourself in the foot in a way that you necessarily didn't need to Jalen Brown got hurt. This team simply is not as good as I think everybody thought they were going to be as they entered the season. There will be a regroup. There will be a reassessment of, okay, what do we do with this roster? What's, what's up with Kemba? You know, what, what do we trade Marcus smart? Is that something that needs to happen? You know, we want to build with Jalen and Jason. How do we do that best? If what do we make of Robert Williams moving forward? And they, you know, they are entering big contracts to both of them. It just depends um, on all NBA for Jason Tatum, how much he gets paid in that big contract. But there will no, be a regroup and a reassessment. There will be a regroup and a reassessment, but I don't think that starts when you're still in the playoffs. It no, no, absolutely not. Way when you're still I just, in the playoffs. I also don't think that you... I don't believe in tanking either. Like, I'm not like, oh, well, you know, we made it this far. Let's just blow it so that we get a draft rate. Cause I think that's fucking stupid. It doesn't make sense I've if you're already been. in the play-in or the playoffs. Yeah. And also it's a 14, like you said, it's a 14 pick. It's a 14 pick in an okay draft. Um, I also just don't like, I just think tanking's fucking stupid. I think you're hired. And this is, I, again, I don't fucking play, but you're hired to do a job and be good at it. Like Sam Presti's and, ears are ringing and he has a bone to pick. I, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I just think like, do you put an effort regardless of what the outcome is? Um, so that's all, I guess we'll see what happens. I want, I want, question, I guess, I want to be proven wrong. I want the Celtics to, to make it to the Eastern conference finals. Like, let's see what happens. Do it. If you can do it, do it. It wouldn't be, it would be, it would be the same fate as we've suffered three out of the last four seasons that they got to the Eastern conference finals. But is it, isn't there something to be said about consistency in your life? 
What's the next? What's the next? Okay. Death, death, taxes, Celtics exit in the Eastern Conference Finals. So this is where we get to the heart of it. You know what I mean? We got a number three seed in the Milwaukee Bucks going up against number six, Miami Heat. Um, Honestly, probably would see the Heat maybe doing pretty well here. Depends Sam, on Sam how looks like he's about to throw up. <laughs> I think like, it depends how the first game goes. And if the Heat are there to show up and play, we will know as fans. If not, and they decide to not bring it, which could totally happen, the Bucks are going to have an easy way through this series. I think the Heat have figured out the formula, you know, to be – the Bucks, obviously, like the Raptors laid it out, and then the Heat did it last year, and obviously now they're playing them again. But I don't know if they necessarily have the pieces again to make it happen. They're missing that big physical forward that guarded Giannis. It was Jay Crowder last year, and he obviously no one can guard Giannis one on one. But Crowder did a good enough job standing him up so that all the great defenders that Miami has can converge on him and make his life hell, and that's what they did in the. I think three, like maybe three and a half games that he played because he got hurt like later on. And now they have, it was a big problem for them all season because Crowder left in free agency. They couldn't figure out for like the first half of the season. They traded for Trevor Ariza, who's like good, but he's still very skinny, not exactly a heavyweight. Like he can obviously defend his ass off and shoot some threes, but, but he's not guarding Giannis. He's not guarding Giannis. He's not at least bodying up Giannis like Jake Crowder can, who's like, you know, a, a trunky guy. So, now you're left with, you know, putting BAM on him, which is like certainly a, a viable thing. But when you do that, you're exposing the interior. BAM is there. He's very, very switchable. In my and opinion, is that viable for a year. whole series? Probably not because like it opens up so much. You know, when when um, BAM has to be A, more on the outside because Giannis starts a lot out there and B, guarding Giannis, which is like a huge task. You're using your best defender, you know, instead of bringing him off the ball where he can be everywhere he needs to be in a help situation. Now he's preoccupied guarding the best player, arguably in the series. And that's and, a big uh, and just not to interrupt, but perhaps getting into foul trouble in that situation, which then puts you in a situation where Dwayne Dedman is having to play significant minutes for the Miami Heat. And you don't yes. want that. And he has been, he's been fine. He's been a fine. He's been fine. For them, Great. Thank you for not, your service. Yeah. Yeah. Like no <laughs> more than 15 minutes service. is like, okay with them. And like, right. you know, they, their, th- their offense has not been anywhere as good as it was last year. They've haven't been shooting the ball nearly as well. Tyler hero has been super inconsistent with injuries. And just when he does play, um, he played like, you know, kind of decently when he came back from his last injury, but still he could reactivate again and still not play. I don't know if the Heat have it again this year. You know, a lot of people suspected like their, you know, hardcore attitude, kind of like what they said about the Knicks this year, helped them a lot in the bubble. And that's possibly true, but I think it's just like they put together a great game plan, had the perfect pieces put in place. And they obviously have one of the best coaches in the game and the Bucks have a stubborn dummy. So I think another thing is the Bucks also have Drew Holiday, who last time was in the playoffs was an absolute baller, and he's playing with a better team now than he was then. Yeah. And I think and he's, he's playing better with this team than he was then. Yes, arguably. he is like just just what this team needed out of them. He's been great, and he's also I think a you know better defender. The Bucks have you know obviously they're still mostly the same team. They've made like a few adjustments to make themselves different. It you know. It didn't turn out the same regular season success as last year, but I still 
I, I can't be, I still don't know because again, the Bucks are like, haven't proven to be all that great in the playoffs, especially last year, the taste, like the taste of that series. I just can't shake it. So I don't think I went into the same thing last year. Of, I don't think that he can pull this off, but you never know. I, I mean, I'm with you on that. And that like same thing as last year, like, Oh, we didn't think they could pull it off. And they absolutely were the most entertaining team other than the Suns to watch in the bubble. Um, <laughs> and but I bubble, bubble like playoffs, the heat were the most entertaining. team. Yeah. The bubble yeah. playoffs, the heat were the most entertaining team. And, um, but I, I do think, and I don't know, I can't like put my finger on kind of like everything you said, like, what is the thing that makes them different from last year? Because not a ton has changed, but it's the bucks that have changed. So maybe that's it. Um, but I hope we're again, I, I hope everything we say, I always hope we're wrong because like, we're trying to be realistic, but I'm like, how fun, how fun would it be if we weren't realistic? Um, and so I, I think you're right. Like we all said this the, last year about the heat, but I think it's not going to have that same, Oh, they totally proved us wrong as it did last season in the bubble. I think this series has potential to be significantly the most first round or the most entertaining first round series. 100%, in the Eastern 100%, 100%. I don't, I don't know that it's particularly close. Um, though I think a lot of people are underscoring and, and un- underwhelming the Hawks given that they are the fifth seed for a reason. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Knicks. I wouldn't pick them to beat <laughs> well, the Knicks. We have to we're any... gonna all do some deep breathing before we're gonna we get, get there. that one. It was mentioned the heat in various weird minor ways are not nearly as talented as they were last season. Um, you know, Goran Dragic, we didn't even mention it was on a heater in the playoffs that he hasn't experienced this entire season, not only due to um, a reduction in minutes, but due to the fact that he just hasn't had it. Tyler hero hasn't had it, you know, ever since that little scowl in the Celtics series, he kind of fell off. All downhill, yeah. That's gone. It's just gone totally. He's a, he's a bust by, by my, you know, by my estimation because no, I'm just kidding. He's dead, um, no, he's not RJ Barrett. That is no, he's not RJ Barrett, not even close. Um, so the heat, the heat have gotten just that much worse. If you want to put it that way, whereas the bucks, I think have gotten significantly better, far more than we're giving them credit for, even if they are the third seed, because they have, that third option in Drew Holiday. Like Drew Holiday isn't just a facilitator. He's going to be an all, all defense player, whether it's first team or second team. I can You can make an argument for either one. I think he'll probably end up on the second team, but if he was on the first team, I wouldn't bat an eye. He, Giannis is going to be an all defensive player. He's going to be an all NBA first teamer in my opinion. He's probably top three in the MVP voting if you factor record into it a bit too much and then bump Steph Curry down to fourth. Chris Middleton is still Chris Middleton. Like he's probably the most, I don't like saying most underrated, but most underrated slash underwhelming player in the entire NBA because he's a consistent 20 point game per per game scorer. And if Giannis is being double teamed in the corner, you give Middleton the ball. He's going to make an open shot and more often than not going to make a contested shot. Brooke Lopez is a perimeter threat. They have a bit of depth with DiVincenzo, Connaughton and all the rest of the white guys that they pull off the end of that freaking bench. So it's, the Bucks are that much better because of Drew Holiday, but I also think that Giannis has not fallen off that much other than on the defensive end than he was for his last two MVP seasons. If Jokic wasn't having the absurd season that he was having and Embiid wasn't having the absurd season that he was having but had missed all those games and Curry just 
was still nursing an injury or didn't show up, Giannis would be winning his third MVP in a row. And there's a reasonable argument that Giannis isn't going to win his third MVP in a row because that makes people sick, the idea of somebody winning three MVPs in a row. He's still right there as a player. So for me, Milwaukee's much more of a threat than I think a lot of people are giving them credit for because I think they look at the Sixers healthy and say, well, that's going to be a team that's in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then you look at the Nets and you're like, there's no way they don't make it to the finals at the least the Eastern Conference Finals. Milwaukee's right there. And as much as I love Miami, I don't know that I see this series going beyond seven games, even though I would say that Jimmy Butler is probably the most important player to a team in the first round, maybe across the entire league at this point. I think if the if Miami's going to win the series, it's going to be because they just absolutely explode. And if that happens, I feel as though it would be very hard to beat them. It is just a matter there of was, that happening. They're one of the most fundamental teams in the NBA. And, what, and when Jimmy Butler is on, I mean, I'm kind of getting ahead of ourselves in, in terms of the questions that you sent us, but I mean, he's, he's on, no my, if I had a ballot, yeah. If he's on, if I had a ballot for MVP, he's on it. Like he's fourth or fifth and he has had a weird season. I mean, he's just ridiculously crucial to Miami's survival. They have a very strong young team, as we've mentioned, but he's probably more of a motor than anybody else in the NBA right now in terms of like making his team go and thrive. I have it written down here. He was seven and th- they, uh, Miami was seven and 13 without him this year, 33 and 19 with him. His true shooting percentage is 60.7, which is the best of his career. And that's while he's shooting 25.4% from three, 25% from three. That's horrible. And he's still shooting 60% true shooting percentage. He's got the highest usage rate on the team. If you don't count you, Udonis has them because he played one game in three minutes this year. And his impact this, this series it's crazy. I mean, his impact estimate is highest on the team. Like he has been one of the best passers in the NBA this season. He's a crafty creator in the paint when he's, he doesn't often go up for a bucket in the paint because he's drawing three defenders, leaving two cap- capable shooters. If Tyler hero decides to wake up for the game on the wing wide open. I mean, he's going to make first team all defense, the heater five and a half points better when he's on the floor than when he's not. I mean, he's vital. And if they have a fighting chance, it's because he's playing that way. So I can't count the heat out because of Jimmy Butler, the fact that he's played like an MVP this year, again, everybody's on the fucking MVP ballot, but I, I'm just, uh, you can't you count them out. You love the sport, man. I think the, huh? I said you just love the sport. Yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> like, MVP, yeah, MVP. All right, yeah. I'm cutting to the chase. Let's talk about the fucking yeah, New go. York Knicks. Knicks Let's versus do it. Did we number do five it? Hawks. Well, no, Knicks we are winning the series. Them. No we questions asked. We're moving on. In the on. context of the Hawks, are they? Can are we? You're yes. Motherfucker. Um, yes. Uh, would you like to elaborate, or we're just going with the yes? No, we're going with yes. I can elaborate, but just, I'm <laughs> choosing to just say yes. No, oh, I'll choosing- elaborate. Ready? Ready? Julius Randall, move on. Yeah, I mean, if I had an MVP oh. ballot, Julius Randle's undoubtedly. Right. I mean, <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, they're see, ridiculous. In all reality, I think the Knicks are going to win. I think that they are obviously killing it right now. We talked a lot about that in the beginning, so there's no really need to rehype up ourselves. Um, the Hawks have, I know Will kind of mentioned this, underwhelming, I think was the word. Um, you also have to consider the fact that the eight of their top like nine players were periodically injured for the final four months of the season. 
so will they, they have a they fully healthy team moving into this first round? For the most part, um, I mean that's not they, a yes. So DeAndre Hunter played yesterday. I think there's uh, a lot of question a marks around the Hawks. Yeah, which plenty. make me not confident. I mean, I'm a Knicks. The fan, only so the only I'm question confident. mark around the Knicks is what the fuck is going on? How far? Okay, um, we're jumping ahead a little bit. How far do we think realistically the New York Knicks make it into the 2021 playoffs? Somebody said to me over the weekend that they think the Knicks will definitely make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I respectfully where, 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 had to disagree. Where are they from? Where are they from? New York. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I did have to I did actually have to disagree because I think that mm, that's a lot and I'm not going to speak that into existence and get my hopes up. No, I don't think that that's I don't think that that's accurate at all. But I do think and I, I think, think it's definitely unrealistic. If the it's not if out of the realm New of York, it's out of the realm of possibility. And if the New York Knicks wanted to make it to the fucking NBA Finals in the year 2021, that would drastically improve my year and it's the June, year of our or Lord. May or whatever um in 2021 the year of our lord if the new york knicks go all the way i that'll just it'll make my year um do i think they're gonna do it no would it be really fun if they do absolutely so fingers oh, we're crossed. all on the same page about that one fingers crossed like i'm 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 not trying to I like think sam has a point yeah, yeah. Sam has a lot well, of points. I was crossing my fingers to see if they. We're, oh, we're yeah. just gonna we're gonna like let Sam take the floor, but I just think like the Celtics aren't aren't it this year. That's okay. I'm I'm used. To, listen, I'm from Lily's Boston. An extent now. I'm from Boston. We're used to disappointment here. I'm wearing a uh, <laughs> a Very nice one hat, by the way. I I Thank thought at first much. it was a Celtics hat because I thought like the light yeah, right. was just making yep. it like a lighter shade of green, yep. but no, it's a Hornets hat and it's beautiful. It's um, my, I, I was going over to my cousin's house last night and I wore this because I had gotten out of the shower, didn't do my hair. And when I don't do my hair, with, when it's this short, it just kind of looks like an army crew cut. But so I threw this hat on. <laughs> I went down to hug my mom. Good night. Because we were leaving at like nine o'clock. She's going to bed. She goes, I go, good night. Love you. She goes, it's a very bright hat. <laughs> I went, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Day See you tomorrow. Life. Was that like a bad thing? <laughs> She just was alarmed. She's like, it's very bright. Um, I was like, I mean, have you seen, have you watched the Charlotte Hornets game this year? No. Have you heard Eric Collins? Yes, you have. Have you heard so damn loud? Probably. I have a a different Celtics hat that I can like see from here. And um, I I don't know like how to else describe it. It's very green. Like it is very, very, very green. And so when I wear it, no, it is, but it's, it's just one color. So my point was, I love the Celtics, Celtics forever, 33, Larry Bird, whatever you want me to say. Um, but it's the season's over. I'm okay with it. And I am rooting as always. Once my team is out of it, I am rooting for chaos. And that this year comes in the form of the New York Knickerbockers. So let's fucking go. Sam, the floor is yours. I'm just this. We're giving you the time and the space. So what you need to do. It's interesting that you mentioned chaos for this uh, next team. I think they definitely have a, a knack for it. Definitely a knack for getting themselves into close games, winning a good amount of them, but nonetheless fighting in very close games, including unnecessarily close game to finish out their season against the uh, main red claws. Uh, but anywho, for this series, <laughs> with, 
<laughs> I had to think for a second about their um Oh, that was their, really good. Their G League team. And they're a team that has like a totally new like thing, which I totally like the Knicks G League team, like the Westchester Knicks, like okay, that's kind of cool. But like the the Southern no, Way are the main awesome. red claws. Just I love it. Anywho, so for this series against the Hawks, it's a very like opposite teams obviously like the Knicks are you know the defensive team of the NBA they kind of fall behind an offense but they make up for it with defending their asses off and, and literally any dunk you have getting rejected by Nerland's Noel and then the Hawks without a different. single all defensive player on the team but no I mean Nerland should get some votes for it I don't think he is an individual good listen if I had a ballot if Will had an MVP <laughs> ballot Nerland's Noel might be able to look might at be it. on it <laughs> he might he might be able to Take it out of the printer. <laughs> hey, hey, can you go get? Can you go get me that ballot over there? New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> no, he would do it. Um, but okay, so I just I emailed mean, you a thing. I just emailed you a PDF. Can you can you go print that for me? <laughs> so uh, New Orleans is obviously like their, you know, the leader for their defense, and then obviously the Hawks are led by their offense by Trey Young, who is becoming very, very um, reliant on baiting uh, contact but is also still a wildly good shooter and playmaker. And the Hawks have a bunch of other guys surrounding him, like Danilo Gallinari and John Collins and Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Lou Williams. They've got plenty of scores. So it'll be a very interesting season and, or series. And I'm interested to see it because the Knicks handled the Hawks relatively well. They, I think we're three and zero against them. They're at least two and one, but the last game was interesting because Trey went down in like the third quarter, the end of the fourth, and it was still a close game. You so are this three is one like what you are, you are three and oh, you've That's won by an average of eight points a game, right? That, that that sounds pretty good. And I think Knicks fans have a right, you know, to a to seek out the Hawks before the season wrapped up because it was either them, the Bucks, or the Heat. And out of them, out of those three, the Hawks are obviously the easier opponent. Um, and then I think they also have a right to feel good about them winning the series because when physicality is more so allowed and the game slows down, like the Knicks already, they're built for the playoffs. They are a physical defensive team that play at a very, 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 very slow pace. That A lot of the reasons they were like lowest in opponent's points per game was because of that pace but they're still on a per possession basis, a very good defensive team. And I think the, the concern for them is their offense because they are reliant totally on Julius Randle, who takes very hard shots. He makes them a lot, but I yeah. think in the playoffs, that's kind of a cause for concern. And they, you know, obviously the Knicks have a couple other reliable shot creators. Derek Rose has been super good. So has RJ Barrett and Alec Burks has been big in, in crunch time, but their offense still just lacks any creativity, any, you know, consistent flow to it. It's kind of just like if one guy has a bucket, like get it. If not, swing the ball around a few times for some good possessions. Like it doesn't seem like they have a lot of like intricate plays and they're kind of reliant on Julius being out there generating tough shots or Derek Rose working his magic and trying to find stuff in the lane or hitting the occasional three or RJ Barrett doing that. So I'm very interested for this series. I do think the Knicks can pull it off. I think, you know, watching them handle the Hawks in the regular season obviously is like a big indicator of that. I think they don't have the individual defender to stop Trey Young, Trae either Young. to stop him from pulling up from deep or from like stopping him getting into the lane. Or, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't know if that playoff flopping will work in the, or that ref beta will work in the playoffs, but we'll see. I'm just worried that it gets Never into know. a shootout. And I don't like the Knicks' chances in a shootout because they, aren't the kind of team to just turn on the high pace and just get up and down the court, shoot threes. Like they're 
percentage-wise, I think they're still a very good team. They've got plenty of good shooters, but that's just not their style of play. And it is the Hawks. And I feel like if the Hawks find themselves really hot, it might be hard for the Knicks to work out of that hole. I still think they're confident. My prediction is Knicks in six, but I'm very excited to see how this one plays out. So I think that – Sam, correct me if I'm wrong. I've been working on a, on this story for a little bit that I hope I can put somewhere in the, in the midst of this series. But, I mean, Julius Randle, I know, is second in the league in total isolation plays. Personally. That sounds about right. 393 is just behind Russell Westbrook, which is 415. And that's, I mean, to even be close is ridiculous. But I think the key in this series is that I don't know if they put John Collins on Julius Randle. It'd be interesting to see how John Collins ends up defending him in those isolation situations. Because yes, Julius takes a lot of difficult shots. But at the same time, I think if he can beat John Collins off the dribble, draw Clint Capella, and maybe get Nerlens Noel or Obi Toppin, whoever they end up playing, if they put Toppin as a small five, end up creating in the post off of those dishes because Julius Randle is one of the better forward creators in the league. He's made this hybrid position for himself out of these ISO plays, which is why they run him doing so much. Obviously, he has to create for himself offensively, but for his teammates is even that much more crucial. So I think if they can do that, they can end up combating some of those smaller offensive issues. But I do agree a shootout is going to be a tricky situation if Trey Young can get going. Julius did have his season high against the Hawks. Western Conference. Let's again. <laughs> We're all East Coasters, so we had plenty to talk about um, and our own personal stakes in the games coming up, but we cannot forget about the other side of America. Um, Western Conference. Um, in the we, middle. Yeah, they're not really all on the other side. Um, okay, we have number one Utah Jazz going up. Like we said, this is going to be the loser of the 7-8 game and the winner of the 9-10. Um, I just, the same way I feel about the 76ers being the number one seed, I feel the same way, but even more strongly about Jazz. I don't really see um, any team kind of maybe standing a chance except for like the Lakers seeing how they kind of recoup um, into the play-in tournament. And if they really want to win, they'd show us that they want to win in the play-in tournament. That's what I think. So yeah, I I'm kind of Lakers are in it. That'll be a great series, but if not, I say hats off to the jazz. No, I don't really have anything else on that. Like I think, yeah, if the Lakers win it, I think it'll be a good series, but whether if they don't, or if the Lakers don't really show up as much um, or get whatever hounded by injuries, however it works out. I mean, it's, it's really going to be fucking hard to beat the Jazz. They'd be playing the Suns if they won the first playing game. They would. Yeah, that's it. Either way. Loser. It would be the loser. Either way, my answer game. doesn't change. My answer doesn't if, change. If the Lakers are hounded by injuries, it's hard to beat the Suns or the Jazz. Right. So then it's like, even if the Lakers win their game and Golden State is then would be the team playing – the jazz. the jazz. I don't For see now. the Warriors. Yes, sure. Maybe Steph's going to be the MVP. Probably might be, especially with LeBron James's endorsement. But I don't <laughs> really see that working out well for them. It's not going to happen. This is a Steph Curry season, not a Warrior season. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay. Um, the the Jazz are too much of a. I think we went over here. Sorry, but the Jazz are too much of a strong team to lose to either any of these teams, except for the Lakers. Again, it's all dependent on health. Um, but yeah, I don't see the Jazz being upset by um, either the Warriors or the Grizzlies or the Spurs. Nor do I. I think that um, we get into a little bit of murky waters with the play-in tournament when teams like 
the Pacers and the Hornets and the Grizzlies and the Spurs are in there because then you're like, okay, well, the seven and eight teams are the ones who actually have a chance and the nine and 10, no, no way. But none of those teams are going to beat the Jazz nor the Suns, I don't think. I think the Lakers are the one that everybody is looking at, obviously. Um, but either way, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to every series. All series have the same place in my heart sharing one we'll and if i had to fill out a ballot <laughs> and if i had to fill out i would I had a ballot the entire sun's no um, um okay well that's a perfect transition because we have number two phoenix suns versus the winner of the lakers warriors so i feel like it's safe to say we all kind of assume that the lakers if they come out swinging which is a bad analogy for basketball um but still i don't think mm, I really don't know because it depends on their health. Like if the Lakers show up the way that LeBron James does, he's so does fucking the thing pissed that he if does. the Suns lose. Can I, can I offer Go yeah. off. something controversial? Go off. Possibly. Um, I don't think the Lakers are actually putting all that much concern into the 7-8 game. And they're more so worried about getting to the playoffs no matter the seed. And frankly, I think they'd rather play the Jazz in the first round than the Suns because the Jazz are coming into the playoffs with a just-off-the-injury report, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert people still continue to sleep on for whatever that's worth um joe ingles and jordan clarkson everybody loves to have the argument about them being six men of the year but then everybody else wants to come around and be like yeah but what can they really give you i think that the lakers if they're going to put a 70 percent lebron out there and whatever percent anthony davis has been shitting the bed with this season I think they that team would much rather play the Jazz hobbled somewhat. So, you know, healthy in quotations. Again, same goes for the Lakers. But if I'm the Lakers, I feel like I might rather play the Jazz just because I know that they are at least a bit uncertain when it comes to their best player maybe being injured. And they're a little bit. You know, I still – I am not sleeping on the Jazz in the slightest. I'm just saying from the Lakers' point of view, given that they're hobbled too, um, everybody's sleeping on the Jazz and the Suns. I'm not buying into that just because I think the Suns are the second seed in the West for a reason, given that they went off in the bubble last year, didn't make the playoffs, but then you add Chris Paul to a team that is starting to figure out where even the rule guys fit. Best driver in the NBA. driver in the NBA I mean bold move cotton let's see if it pays off I'm just saying I don't think think LeBron is I don't think the Lakers are entering the 7-8 game being like bah fuck it we'll win we'll win the 8-9 or Mm -hmm. 8-10 you know if we lose this first game but at the same time I don't necessarily know that they're so worried about winning the 7-8 game as much as they're worried about let's just get in by any means necessary yeah and if we have to play the Jazz we play the Jazz and we beat them in seven games I don't think I don't know that I think that happens, but certainly a possibility. Anything can happen at this point. I think that idea go. has some merit to it because like I trust the Jazz more than the or, I'm sorry, I trust the Suns more than the Jazz. I do too. Um, because Chris Paul is there, 
And I think he and Devin Booker are the two between the both of those teams put together. Those are the two best players. I think they have more versatility um, to utilize with the team. I think they have more, you know, I think they're probably deeper. Maybe, you know, obviously Ingles and Clarkson off the bench is really good, but just like how many different things the Suns are able to do just with the guys they have, like Mm -hmm. the ways they can defend, the guys they can run their offense through. I think that, and again, ultimately I believe more so in the top end talent when it comes to series and Chris Paul is probably going to be the best player between, I don't mean the Jazz and Suns playing each other would only be in the final. So in any hypothetical series, right, it would be, I think Chris Paul would be the best player followed by Devin Booker, but with him and Donald Mitchell, it should be close. Um, Yeah, I think the, again, it's tough to, you know, betting against the Lakers fully healthy because they just won the championship last year and they're roughly the same team. I think that would be a super interesting um, first round series if they win the play-in game. And I, I feel like it would be, a little bit risky with their health so shaky to purpose purposefully lose one game and then give them oh, yeah. one shot at even making it. Yeah. It does kind of make sense because like I mean if anyone knows like just how good Chris Paul is, it's LeBron who's like a close friend of his and has been playing against him, you know, his whole career pretty much. So yeah, I definitely I, I was, don't think just just to clear it up, I don't think the Lakers are going to walk out in a seven eight game and be like, "We're going to lose this game on purpose so that we can have a better chance." No, totally. But right. I see what you're saying. I'm that, totally not saying that. They're seeing like saying, the good think, side of it. I yeah. think they are looking at this as like we know we're not at full strength. What would we rather do? Play a team in Phoenix that has been full strength the entire year, and players have only sat when it comes to nagging injury management or rest down the stretch, or would we rather play a team where their arguably best player is just coming off a pretty serious ankle injury that kept him out for the last month of the season and their point guard who's been out for the last month. Of the no, season. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all no, I'm, saying. I'm saying. not saying that the Lakers are going to walk out there and be like, eh, Warriors. No, 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 totally. We'll figure it out later. All right. What do, what's, what do we have next, Jess? All right. Number three, Denver Nuggets versus number six, Portland Trailblazers. I don't know why when I just read that, I had a desire to say the Trailblazers. Um... But that's what I'm going to go for. And no, I have no elaboration. That was just gut. I just don't. <laughs> just, a, just a gut feeling. I respect the gut feeling. I disagree with it. Okay. Um, but I respect it nonetheless. And then I think the Nuggets are absolutely going to win. Not in four games. Like, not, not a crazy blowout, but I think they're going to win. That's, I don't, again, I don't really have an elaboration. I think they're just the better team. Sam? Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, <laughs> Jokic should be the MVP. I I guess team wide, like the Nuggets seem stronger, even without Jamal Murray, they just some kind of sturdier. Like, I suppose, I mean, I think Jokic would be the best player, then Dame, and then third is probably CJ. Um, but I still think the Nuggets with what Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's definitely fourth, and he's had a tremendous season. Um, I think the Nuggets all around are just like a, a stronger team, even though they are missing Jamal Murray. I think Jokic is probably going to torture whoever bait they're playing against uh and the blazers in my opinion, yeah or narkic uh, or narkic yeah yeah we I, know roughly this is a question for anyone the numbers that dame has put up about the season i can find it real they've fast. been great like roughly i think just under 30 points like it's you know yeah. same old dame load and there's not one person that can guard him one-on-one maybe in the right. league but at least not in the series yeah 28.8 points per game he's shooting 45 percent for the field just under 40 uh from three 
seven and a half assists. He also has like a pretty hard time. As much as we say Dame time, he kind of has a tough time closing in the general sense of it, not like a game by game basis. Playoffs. Playoffs. I mean, they, they, they were in the Western Conference Finals two years ago, but at the same time, that was a weird, um, weird stretch where right. nobody in the West was going to compare to the Warriors that season. So it didn't really matter who ended up bumping into anybody in that playoffs. It was always exactly. going to be the Warriors, but regardless, yeah. He's always been close, but just not enough which is kind of sad. I'd like to see him maybe do well. I mean, he does Listen, well, but I, I mean, like... Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I, I mean... You always Blazers, want to see a player like that, like, get a little bit more on their resume besides how many points they score a game. Terry Stotts is going to get fired um, at the end of the season. Or, sorry, let me, let me correct that. The Portland Trailblazers and Terry Stotts are going to part ways at the end of this season mutually uh amicably that was beautiful it's, thank you it's going to be really romantic it's a uh, conscious uncoupling is what uh what they're going to give him they're <laughs> going to give Paltrow him calls it they're going to give him brown roses in the spirit of their brown oregon uniforms yeah and he's going to walk out head held high having never gone further than western conference finals in a fluke season and yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, the, the Blazers are kind of stuck in the brown mud that mimics the color of their city jerseys. You know, it's, yeah. they, they, they got worse defensively when they added Norman Powell. And that might be co- coincidental because Norman Powell is a good player, a very good player. And it was a very good pickup for them at the trade deadline. But they did get rid of Gary Trent Jr. who went off in Toronto. Now, would I rather have Norman Powell over Gary Trent Jr.? Yes. At the same time, Portland has just kind of always been in that place where, oh, yeah, they're in talks to get that next superstar, but they never do. And Dame is kind of just plodding along there, I think, back and forth, back and forth in my mind, between the guy who's going to stay with the same team for the rest of his career but never win, or he's going to be the next one who's like, get me the fuck out of here tomorrow. Like, it's going to be just like it's going that. To be hard like, in 2.0. Yeah, it's what happened with James Harden. Everybody thought everything was all kosher in Houston. And then suddenly, oh, we're not winning anymore. Get me out of here. I've been miserable all along. I want to be and that good. at. I just hope one day I can be that good at any job where I can just be like, I don't like what's happening. I'm going to quit if we don't fix it. Like, I don't think that, that happens like, in journalism anymore. I know it doesn't. <laughs> Ronan Farrell, unfortunately. And I think he's the only person in the world who could be like, get me out of the New Yorker tomorrow um any last thoughts on nuggets blazers going once going twice sold okay number four la clippers versus number five dallas mavericks um eh. i don't feel the same way about this four or five matchup as i do obviously Nick's aside of like a four or five of the East. I think that both of these teams are good. Obviously they're professional basketball teams, but mm, I just don't feel I, like either. Wait, of just, them. I have an answer and maybe this like gives yeah, your answer. A little help bit. My I, have, I have a policy 
um, in my life of like, if I don't, if I'm unsure of something and I don't feel like I have all the facts to make like an educated decision on my, for myself, I just opt to not make that decision because I, I want to make informed decisions. I don't feel like I know. And I, I'm pleading the fifth year. Same as just like, I just don't know. I feel like I don't know. And I don't want to say something based on eh, maybe. I feel truly... really, I'll feel really stupid if this is wrong. I mean, I'm picking the Clippers and I don't have a second thought about it. Cause I also, think that's why Clippers, I'm not being decision I think, because I don't want to No, because I want to say the, the Clippers I think too. there is a very realistic chance that the Los Angeles Clippers win the West. I agree. I think there is absolutely a realistic chance. Kawhi is healthy. Okay, I'm sold. Let's go Clippers. Kawhi might be a first-team All-NBA player this season, even though he's had a very up-and-down year in terms of being on the court. And when he has been on the court, he's either been classic Kawhi and we just don't pay attention to it because we don't have a clue whether or not he's playing or not half the time. Um, But Paul George is having one of the best seasons of his career. The addition of Rajon Rondo has been I, I mean he I don't like to say that like one player who's you know periodically coming off the bench for a team and was added at the trade deadline changes all that much in terms of what a team can do long term but Rondo makes a ridiculous difference for this Clippers team without the offensive production that Lou Williams has and they're better how many it. how many years has Rondo been in the league I want to say like it's is it like upwards of 15 14 I'm going to double check this right Over now under 14 it's absolutely wild to me and he's, and a half. he's still playing and he has played it's more than that uh 9 seasons in Boston 2 with the Lakers so 11 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. It is up. Oh, it's 17. Wow. Damn. That's crazy. Mm, 16, I think. Yes. Maybe. No, I think it's 14. Hold on. One, two, three, four. Five. He has to be the only member of the 2008 Celtics team that's still in the league. 16. Good for her. Julia, Jessica Walters voice. Good for her. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's. Let's go do what you love and do it forever. Right. He's ridiculous. He's, he started one game with the Clippers and he's one of the four most efficient players on that team. And he, I mean, he's huge to their long-term success. I really do think the Clippers could win the West. Now it, it's, it really does matter. I think um, because you don't know how healthy Kawhi is going to be long-term I mean he, he he's been in and out of the lineup all year again you never know why that exactly is it always says injury management it could he could have been like god my my middle toe is sore really, but yeah. he also could be like hey, I'm having that, I broke my middle toe don't hate <laughs> I'm just saying so but I I mean listen to, to touch on the Mavericks real quick before we move on like Luca another player that realistically is in the mvp conversation i was waiting for <laughs> no he is and i know it's ridiculous i mean th- listen no no but that point, that one actually we have a applies. lot of good nba players today if we if we get to a point in this and we have enough time 
to unveil our MVP pick, I have a full case for a particular player that we've mentioned already, but I'm not going to say his name right now because I'll do it later. But there's nobody in the league that is an MVP candidate other than this one guy. But there are like 11 that are all in the same stratosphere. And Luka Doncic is one of them. There's one who is above everybody else. And then there's 11 more that you're like, well, yeah, they have a case in any other season. And Luca's one of them. And he, But again, you don't know what's happening with Porzingis in terms of his health. I don't trust their other options other than really Tim Hardaway who's having an ascendant six man of the year candidacy and Jalen Brunson, who's having a most improved player of the year candidacy. I just, that's not a team I see beating the Clippers. Nor do I. That's what it comes down to for me. Like, it's a rematch of the first round series from last year. Right. We know Kawhi is going to be great because he has been always a great player performer. I have a good feeling that Luke is going to be good because he was unbelievable in the first round series last year. Yep. Uh, I, I know the constant joke around Paul George that he sucks in the playoffs. So he always chokes, but he is still having himself a hell of a season and he is way more trustworthy than any number two the Mavericks have. It's Tim Hardaway Jr. who could go cold at any moment and be totally yeah. useless. He is one of my favorite players to watch. Like watching him just attack and shoot off the wings, play off of playmakers instead of being like the lead ball handler, which he was in New York, has been great. I very much enjoy seeing him play um, with the Mavericks. They found out the perfect way to use him. But he's still a guy totally dependent on offense, totally dependent on shooting. If he doesn't have it, he really can't do anything else. And outside of him, it's Jalen Brunson, who I think is decreasing his um, amount of like three-point shooting because he's been so good at like taking it right to the hole and he's still like an undersized ish point guard yeah and if you're putting him in the never know. what's up if you're if you're putting brunson in the lineup you have to then shift luca elsewhere and you want luca running the offense so it's just a tricky situation yeah and porzingis is like clearly the second guy but you never know with him in the injuries so i it's been an interesting season for dallas they've definitely gotten better over the course of it but i don't think they're winning the series and um, speaking of tricky situations, personally, this episode's tweet of the week was very hard for me to choose from. Okay, we're just getting right into it. Yeah, we're gonna go for it. Do it. What are we doing? Okay. Tweet, of, tweet the week. of the week. Oh, bet. Did you did you want to? This can't you, be your first rodeo. Wait, I wanna I wanna let Will. If you have your you, I will give you thirty seconds because we ran out of time about forty five minutes ago to make your MVP case. But you, I'm keeping you to forty five seconds. All right, let me try. Am I, can I start now? You count me um, down and I'll go. Okay, Three, ready? Two, one, go. Nikola Jokic. We've bellowed from the rooftops all season long that this, this season has been so weird. And so availability is likely going to be the paramount factor in determining who makes all NBA teams, who wins awards, particularly MVP. I don't disagree, but I also think on top of availability, you have to consider ability. What helps if you have been available and able? League leader in games played started at 72. League leader in VORP, 8.5. Next best player is 5.5. That's Giannis. League leader in 900 other things that I don't have time to mention. I could go on and on and on. Raptor measurement, all this bullshit that nobody cares about. He has been the player who has pushed the Denver Nuggets to a 47-25 record after they lost one of their three best players in Jamal Murray and a number of consistent rotational players. To You're done. You're games. done. It's <laughs> Nicole Jokic. It's Nicole Jokic. And if you have another argument, I don't want to hear it because I think it's Just stupid. I'll give Sam a 30-second rebuttal if you have one. I don't. It's Jokic. I don't. It's available. I decline. I decline. This this series MVP, this season's MVP race has been super weird because so many of them have been injured. Jokic has been, A, one of the most available, the most available, and B, one of the best. 
it, it's an unfortunate. It's a weird. It's the if anybody MVP wants race, to... depending on who you ask, but it, just give it to Jokic. Yeah, Sam, I'm glad you're not. Being, I'm glad you're not being. I'm glad you're not being. The jury's jackass. out. Psych, Julius Randle. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, uh, I don't okay. even think so. You're either. being a jackass. Well, may I get into my tweet of the week because it was kind of on that note. So yeah, yeah. If, they if are. You, if you can. Sh- uh, there are a few. So one of them just simply reads Julius Randle. One of them reads hashtag NYK with a outward facing fist emoji. Another one reads Let's go hashtag Knicks now. These are all from Ben Stiller. And he has become the <laughs> New York Knicks version of Magic Johnson. And it, it wasn't so really the tweet fun. of the week. It was the tweeter of tweeter the week. Tweeter of the week. It was the tweeter of the week. It goes to Ben Stiller. It's at Red Hour Ben. He, he tweets the most you know, basic stuff about the Knicks. He just tweets, he live tweets the game like a casual he's fan. Like, he's like, um, yeah, it's he's, great to have him Like along. you said, Magic Johnson. So um, keeping with this theme of tweeter of the week, there's one specific tweet, but this person's tweets always usually make me laugh out loud a little bit. And he is actually in this Zoom call. So shout out to Will Bjarnar for his tweet <laughs> a couple days ago. What is this graduation you all speak of? Because we didn't graduate and that made me laugh so hard. Um, I forget. <laughs> I will say that I like uh, what, seeing graduation pictures of, I forget that I graduated college. I feel like my full-time place of employment is like i'm like oh i'm like an intern and they're like no no no, we have right. you you work here and i'm like oh that's right i do um mine is you know what it's it's cope that was covid related i'll segue with like kind of covid related um is it it's a two-parter because they go they go hand in hand the first one is from Jesus marrow um the cdc feels like the new yahoo answers um, and I was, I'm personally a huge fan of Yahoo answers. Um, the second one is, is it possible? This is from somebody else. It's possible. The CDC saw a bunch of us trying to hoard gasoline in old Burger King cups and just gave up. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, that was, a weird, because, that was a weird moment in our, our in his, recent history when well, we thought even, we were running out of gas. <laughs> I didn't, I don't drive as much as I used to, obviously, cause I work from home. And so I didn't know because I get gas once a month. Um, my brother, so- my brother texted my mom uh, from college. He moved home on a Friday, but he texted her on Tuesday or Wednesday and said, "Can you transfer my money for gas now, uh, so that I can get home?" And she was like, "Why do you need it now? You're leaving on Friday." He was like, "Yeah, but I'm worried we're not gonna have any." <laughs> I was like, "Really?" I, did, I truly, and I, I don't want to sound super like, like ignorant to current Naive, events, right, yeah. but I was like, I, I truly, like, I, I truly didn't know there was a gas shortage. I was like, what the fuck? Cause also I live I no in idea. the fucking liberal East coast, Northeast, which isn't that liberal. Um, and they like, no one here is hoarding gas in Burger King cups. So I saw everything on Twitter and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I also personally have this thing. And again, maybe this is like, this is probably like a super privileged way for me to think. Um, I, the way that gas prices work in my head is relative to like when I started noticing gas prices in like two, like after 2008, like 2010 to 2012, when they were really expensive. So any gas that's cheaper than $4 is cheap to me because that's like my memory. Like that is like my baseline assumption of how much gas costs. So when it's like three fifty, I'm like, Ooh, the gas is three fifty. So when it was like one ninety nine, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Will, do you have a tweet? I do. I have two, if that's okay. Um, yeah, it is okay. No rules. The first, they're both Knicks-related somewhat. So the first is from Yaron Weitzman, 
phenomenal writer. I recommend his book, Tanking to the Top. Um, I do too. It's he great. Tweet, it's so good. Um, but he tweeted, also, Mike Breen just accidentally called Taco Fall Taco Bell and then corrected himself, which I think is the ideal way for him to have punctuated his Hall of Fame weekend. <laughs> I, I really heard great. that blooper. That's that so funny. Oh, so funny. So and, he, and, and, funny. and then Clyde well, responded, you must be hungry, must be hungry dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. Second, second tweet. Uh, this is from a, a, e, equally a legend, Chris Herring. Uh, he, he tweeted, dog, Nerland Noel's entire season has looked like the Matumbo Geico commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh my very god, good. it has. Yes. Um, this is very well, good. on that note, this has been another episode of Throwing Down with our now third member, Will, because we don't have any other friends. Um, and the <laughs> Knicks Friend. legend, the, um, the Knicks wall legend, Sandra Giovanni, who asked, politely asked the Knicks to draft Obi Top and back nine months ago when we did the draft podcast and here we are the knicks are in the playoffs so thank you guys for coming all the time read them on selfish blog and knicks wall um i'm really careful jess king and we'll see you next time awesome never just sports never just sports sports. i forgot that part (laughs) never just sports never